Let's grab our Bibles this morning, Luke chapter number two. As we continue our study here on Sounds of the Season, we're concluding this series this morning. And uh, I've enjoyed looking at the different characters of Christmas and how they responded to the news that Jesus had come, their Messiah had come. We're going to be in Luke chapter number two again this morning. We're going to begin reading with verse number 25. We're going to be introduced to a couple of characters that you might not recognize as part of the Christmas narrative this morning. Luke chapter number two. We'll begin with verse number 25. And if you found your place there, you're physically able to stand, let's stand together out of respect for the reading of the word of God. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rise again of many in Israel. And for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, swords shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Let's pray this morning and ask God to help us as we look to his word. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that we can be here this day after we've celebrated Christmas to come and to look again into your word. And to see how these people long ago responded to your presence in their lives. How they responded in song. How they responded in praise. How they responded in prayer. And how they responded in obedience. And I pray that we would have that same response to your presence among us today. That is, we by faith understand that you are with us. And as believers, that more than that, you are in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory that we would praise you for that, that we would obey you in what you lead us to do. So work powerfully in our presence this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, I know how it is the day after Christmas. And um, the day after Christmas is not the same as Christmas Day. It just isn't. And nobody ever says, I'm looking forward to December 26th. Now, we are in full anticipation weeks before Christmas. How many of you know it's crazy how soon Christmas trees start popping up in the different stores that sell them? 
I mean, as soon as July 4th is over, what do you see in all the craft stores? Christmas trees and stockings and Christmas decorations. And so there's this buildup and there's anticipation and there's Thanksgiving and then there's decorating and then there's the 45 days of Christmas. And, you know, it just goes on and on until Christmas Day hits. And then we have the big celebration. Gifts are given. Food is eaten. Food is eaten. And food is eaten. (laughs) And then the 26th comes. And it's what's called the Christmas letdown. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You're looking at all the leftovers. You're looking at all the decorations that are still up. They don't have the same gleam and the same shimmer to them. All you see is a bunch of work and having to go back to work, right? You're looking at all the money you spent and how the kids are already bored of all their toys, right? And you have this Christmas letdown. And the 26th doesn't, for us, many times look the same as the 25th. I think it's appropriate where we're at in Scripture today on the 26th of December. Because, you know, we've looked at all the stories that we, that we arrive at in the Christmas narrative with great expectation. We, we know who Mary is, and we look forward to hearing about her story. And, and, and we know about Bethlehem, and, and we know even about Caesar Augustus and the taxation. And, and we know about the shepherds on the hillside and and the angels that appear in the sky, and the the great songs of praise that are sung. And we love those stories, and all throughout the Christmas season, we're anticipation to hear these same stories again. And it's just part of this season. But now we come to a story that occurs after this Christmas night. A story about Simeon and Anna, and you're thinking, who in the world are Simeon and Anna? Are they part of the... They don't show up in any manger scene that I've ever seen. Who are these people? Well, I'm going to tell you, we many times don't think of them. We pass by them. Many in this room maybe have never even heard of them. I'm not sure. But how many of you are glad that Jesus doesn't stop working with people as soon as December 25th is over? How many of you are glad we're here today and so is Jesus? We're here today and we're opening his word and his presence is with us. And God was still working in the lives of his people as soon as Jesus was born. And today we're going to look at these lives of Simeon and Anna, and it is no letdown. In fact, I I think it will be a great encouragement to us this morning as we see their faithfulness, as we see how they trusted the Lord. So this morning we're going to look at Simeon and Anna's song. And as we look at Simeon and Anna's song this morning, if we were to title it, I believe it would be titled this, Worth the Wait. Worth the Wait. We learn from this narrative and a little bit of backstory about it is Jesus was brought to the temple as the custom of the law was when the firstborn son was born into a family, they would come and they would offer sacrifice and they would consecrate that child to the service of the Lord and it was a big deal. And so Mary and Joseph had brought Jesus to the temple in order to fulfill the Mosaic law. And when they brought Jesus to the temple in order to fulfill this aspect of the law, we find that Simeon and Anna are there. And as they're there, we understand some things about them. They are aged people. Simeon is an older man. Anna, we know directly from the passage of Scripture, she's been a widow for some 84 years and she was married we know seven years before that and and so she was probably well into her 90s maybe over 100 years old i mean it's amazing 
And as we look at these two people's lives, we're going to see that they had been waiting for something. And as we look at how they waited for what they saw on that day when Jesus was brought to the temple, I hope that we will also be ready with a song in our heart to say, Jesus, you are worth the wait. You are worth the wait. So as we dig into our passage this morning, there's some things I want to highlight about Simeon and Anna. Why was it worth the wait? How did they wait? Well, we find, first of all, that both of these individuals waited faithfully. They waited faithfully. Notice with me, here in our passage of Scripture, Luke chapter number 2 again, notice back to verse 25, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem. His name was Simeon. And the same man was just, and he was devout, and he was waiting for the work of God. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. What does this mean about Simeon? Well, it means that though he had lived a long life, though he had waited a long time, though God's people, as we've discussed, have waited a long time to hear from him, some 400 years, he still was just and he was still devout. He was still living his life on purpose for God, patiently waiting for the revelation of the consolation, the comfort, the salvation of Israel. You know, it says a lot about us in what we do in our waiting times. You know, I've heard this said, probably the most difficult thing you're ever going to do in your Christian life is wait. Is wait. How many of you understand we do a lot of waiting for things in our lives? And it says a lot about us, and it says a lot about who we are in what we do during those times of waiting. How many of you are like me and every once in a while you like to go out to eat at a restaurant? Maybe you've done some of that with family during this holiday season. And you get there and you're at your table and you have somebody who comes to you and they're called a what? A waiter or server. We call them a waiter. They wait on us. And how many of you know we wait on them too? (laughs) And we wait on food and we wait on these things. And I don't know if you're like me, but I'll tell you what I do while I'm waiting for my food. I'm eating food. How many of you like that bread they bring you before the meal comes? Man, I'm telling you what, it's good stuff. Or if you're going to a Mexican food restaurant, how many of you are big chips and salsa people like I am, right? And so while you're waiting, you're not really waiting, you're eating. And I'll tell you what, and I'm not ashamed to admit it, I can go through three bowls of chips and salsa before my food ever even gets there. And I'll challenge any of you to a bite on that, okay? While I'm waiting, I'm eating. They bring the chips and salsa. They bring the fresh rolls. If you ever go to Cheddar's, they bring the dessert before the meal comes there. They got these honey glazed croissant roll things. And when I first went there, we got here two years ago. When I first went there, they brought out one one plate of them, and they brought out a second plate, and they would keep bringing them out. Now they only give you one, and it made me mad. These people don't understand my plan while I'm waiting for my food. I eat while I wait. Why? Because that's what I'm there for. I went there for food. I want food. I'm going to eat food. And so I'm waiting for my food. I'm going to eat some food. Well, pastor, what if you go to a place that doesn't serve you any kind of, you know, pre-meal snacks? Well, I'm going to bring my own. (laughs) My wife has a big purse. I'll put some in there. What am I going to do while I'm waiting? I'm going to be eating. 
And, and what should we do while we're waiting on the Lord? Our, our waiting, our waiting shouldn't be filled with inactivity. It's not like we're waiting for the next thing and until God moves in a big way again, I'm just going to stay put. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to focus on my life. I'm going to focus on what I want. No, no. I'm going to be eating. I'm going to be doing the will of the Father. I want to be engaged in his service. I want to experience his presence with me right now in this moment. Hey, how many of you are glad Jesus is coming again? But he's also here now. He's in us now. He's among us now. He's working through us now. And so while we wait, we should still be eating. We should still be eating of the bread of life. We should still be consuming the will of God. We should still be growing in his word. We should still be growing in our knowledge. But I find that a lot of people preoccupy themselves with so many things that have nothing to do with God. The bulk of their life is spent wasting, not waiting. We should wait for him. And while we wait for him, we should be active for him. And what a great example we have in Scripture. Two very aged people, retired people, let's just say that. People who had lived their life and could check out in certain respects and, and just say, I've done some things and, and now I'm going to rest and now I'm going to take it easy. And yet we have this man, Simeon, and he is waiting but as he's waiting he's just and he's devout he's where he needs to be he's going where he needs to go he's engaging in what he needs to engage in he's actively waiting we find the same thing about anna notice with me as we drop a little bit further down in our passage of scripture luke chapter number two and notice with me verse number 36 and there was one anna a prophetess the daughter of phanuel of the tribe of asher she was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple. Notice that. She departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers. How often? How often? Awesome. This lady was on fire for God. Now, she had a lot of reasons to check out. Her husband had died. And how many of you know, back then, that was a big deal. Back then, if you were a widow, your husband had passed away, there were certain rights and privileges that were taken away from you. Just culturally at that time, there was a lot of things instituted as a help and as a, as a blessing. But at the same time, there was, a, there was a different stature now. And this woman didn't grow bitter. This woman didn't grow cold. This woman didn't fade away in her age. She waited for God. And as she waited for God, she served God. She served God. She was eating while she was waiting. Simeon was eating while she was waiting. Hey, don't, don't allow yourself to fade away while you wait for God. Don't allow yourself to fade into the background to become disconnected from the work and the life of God that he's given to you. Oh, Jesus will come again one day and until that I'm going to stick my head in the sand and do nothing. No, eat, grow, learn, move forward, engage with the God who's present with us right now. As we learned on Christmas Eve, how many of you are glad God is Emmanuel? God is with us right now. So we have this waiting faithfully. Simeon and Anna were waiting, but they were waiting actively and waiting faithfully. The Bible encourages us about this. In Isaiah 40, verse 31, 
the verses on the screen. Notice with me. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. As Simeon and Anna waited, they served. Undoubtedly, there was times of weariness. Undoubtedly, there was time where the flesh battled against what they did for the Lord. But yet they waited. And as they waited on the Lord, their strength was renewed. How many of you are just flat out exhausted after the Christmas season? Just tired. Lots of stuff was happening, lots of schedules to keep, lots of food to make, lots of food to eat, all kinds of stuff going on. And we can get tired in life. We can get weary in the Christian life. And yet in our waiting, we should be eating. In our waiting, we should be getting nutrition from the Lord. In our waiting, we should find our meat in the will of our great God. In our waiting, it's not a time to fade away. It's not a time to faint. It's a time to commit to the work of the Lord. I'm already excited about this next year and what God is going to do in my life and in my family and in my church and in my community because we serve a living God. And while we wait, he's still alive and he's alive in you and me if we know him as our savior. And so let's be connected to the entirety of his will and his presence. And while we wait, let's eat. Let's wait faithfully. For the Lord. We find in our passage this morning that this song, worth the wait, they, they knew it was worth it. And because they knew it was worth it, they waited faithfully. How many of you know it's worth the wait for our Jesus to come? Amen. It's worth the work that we do until he comes. How many of you understand there's going to come a time where there is no more day, there is no more time to work, and the work will be over and we will be at complete rest with Jesus. Amen. But until that time... There's work to be done. Work for the night is coming where man will labor no more. Wait faithfully. Secondly, we see that we should wait expectantly. That we should wait expectantly. How do we wait expectantly? Well, we learn from Simeon that to wait expectantly is to wait in the filling of the Spirit. I, I love this. The Spirit of God came upon Simeon. Simeon was told by the Spirit of God that he would not see death until he saw the Lord's Christ. Notice with me verse number 26. And it was revealed unto Simeon by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God. This was Simeon. What was he doing? He was waiting expectantly. Why was he waiting expectantly? Because the Spirit of God was upon him and the Word of God was in him. The Spirit came upon Simeon and spoke to Simeon and said, you're going to see the Messiah. How many of you know that was probably real exciting news for Simeon? That was real exciting news for Simeon. And it kept him expectant and it kept him hopeful. And so many times I see so many dreary Christians. Oh, you see what's going on in the news? See what's going on with this? See what's going on with that? Yeah. Who doesn't see that stuff? But you know what? If all we do is feast on the world, if all we do is fill our lives up with the flesh, 
If all we do is take part in that which is temporal and we're not in the word of God the way that we need to and we're not among the people of God the way that we need to be and we're not living in the purposes of God the way that we're called to and if we're not filled with the spirit of God then no wonder why we're not waiting expectantly. No wonder why we're not waiting with joy. No wonder why we're not waiting with anticipation. It's because we're so full of other things in the spirit of God that we have no expectation for the work of God. But I'm here to tell you this morning, we We've got a great God. We've got a marvelous God. We've got a God that's the same yesterday and today and forever. We've got a God who created all things. We have a God who can save everyone. We've got a God who's given his life for you and for me. And he's coming again. And I'm expectant of what he can do today. I'm expectant of what he can do tomorrow. I'm expectant of what he can do next year. My Jesus is awesome. And I expect great things from him. I've seen great things from him. And listen, if you've cooled in your Christian life, if you're not expecting him to show up, if you're not expected to be amazed by him, if you're not expecting to see him, it might mean that you're feasting on other things while you're waiting. How many of you know the downside to eating all the dessert and the food and the chips and the salsa is when the real meal comes, you're like, ugh. We gorge ourselves in this world with the things of the world that we develop an appetite for the world and then we don't have an appetite for the things of God. We're meeting our own expectations. If I want this, I'll get it. If I want to taste that, I'll taste it. If I want to experience that, I'll experience it. And we make a world of our own creation not looking at the wonder of God and no wonder why we're not filled with the expectation of the greatness that he can do in our lives. See, Simeon and Anna were expectant. They'd heard from God. They understood what the Old Testament had said about the coming of the Messiah. And they were eagerly in the temple. They were eagerly going at the, at the moving of the Spirit to embrace their Messiah. I love how Anna never left the temple. She stayed there night and day. Why do you think she stayed there night and day? I don't want to miss the day that the Savior shows up. I don't want to miss the day that I'm able to see the consolation of Israel. I don't want to miss the day that God does that work that I'm waiting for. In our lives, we should make room every day for the presence of God. Every day to feast on that which he has for us. Every day to connect with his truth and with his callings. We should wait expectantly. The Bible speaks to this as well. Romans 8, verse number 23. Notice the hope that we have, the the expectation that we have. Romans 8, 23, the Bible says this. The verses are on the screen. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of the body. We're waiting. What are we waiting for? We're waiting for the salvation to complete itself, even in fashioning us a new body. And let's just be honest. How many of you are looking forward to trading this model in for the upgrade? It's going to be sweet. <laughs> it's going to be fully loaded, okay? It'll be ready to go. And notice, we're waiting for the redemption of the body. But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it? How many of you are glad that the hope that we have isn't a bunch of fluff and puff? The hope that we have is real. It's in Jesus. 
We are expecting this. It's not a dream that's unattainable. It's a truth that's been shared with us in Scripture. We know that we're going to see our Savior again one day. And we know that when we see him, the Bible says we're going to be like him because we will see him as he is. And we will experience the redemption of even this body. And what a blessing that's going to be. We see that we should be waiting expectantly. Lastly, this morning, we see that we need to wait meaningfully. We need to wait meaningfully. Uh, We can waste a lot of time while we wait. There's been times in doctor's lobbies and waiting for certain appointments that I've had scheduled where I got nothing to do and I grab a magazine and I'm flipping through a bunch of stuff that, that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Maybe it entertained my mind for a moment or allowed me to fill some time, but it didn't matter. And while we wait for the things that God is yet to do, Let's not wait in a wasteful way. Let's wait in a meaningful way. Notice how meaningful this was to Simeon as he waited and saw the consolation of Israel. Notice his words. Notice his song as it's expressed here in verse number 29. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. You know what happens when we wait meaningfully? When we wait connected to the will of God? When we wait connected to the callings of God, it means we're ready for Jesus to come. We're ready to see him. At the end of Simeon's life, he was able to say this, I'm ready. I've seen it. I've waited for you. I've been connected. Can I ask you a question? Believer, especially this morning, can I ask you a question? Are you ready to see your Savior? What have you been doing with your time? What have you been doing with your salvation? What have you been doing with your connectiveness to God's calling in your life? I want to be able, as I close in on the final years of my life, to be able to say, I'm ready to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I'm ready to give an account of what I've done with this new life that he's given to me. I'm ready to look into the eyes of my Savior and say, I have served you. I have worshipped you. I praise you. I'm ready to meet him. You say, Pastor, I don't know if anybody can be ready. Paul was ready. Paul says this, I have run my race. I have fought the good fight. And now there is laid up for me a crown. And I'll tell you, as you wait faithfully and as you do it meaningfully, and as you serve God day in and day out, there's there's some reward waiting for you when you see your Savior. And that reward isn't to praise you. That reward isn't to exalt you. That reward is to exalt Jesus. How many of you are glad that as our judgment concludes, we're able to take what we have won and cast it to the real victor's feet, the Lord Jesus Christ, and give him praise and say, this is what you did with my life, and this is what you allowed me to do for you with my life, and I praise your holy name. We cast those crowns at his feet. Because Simeon waited meaningfully, he was able to be ready to see his Savior. Notice, Mine eyes, verse 30, have seen thy salvation. How many understand the salvation of Jesus is worth living for? It's worth investing our life into. It's worth representing as his servants, as his ambassadors here on earth. It's worth it. While we wait, do it meaningfully. Do it connected to that which matters. 
For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, and a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. How many of you are glad that he didn't just die for you and for me, but he died for the whole world? And now we get to be representations of that light, taking that light to the Gentiles and to the Jews. By the way, how many of you are glad salvation is available to all people, all nations, all tongues, all languages? It's meaningful. Wait meaningfully attached to God's salvation. Wait meaningfully living while you wait for him. Uh, Live connected to to the understanding that we're to be that light in this world. Notice Anna grabbed onto this. Verse number 36 again of Luke chapter 2. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. She was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she, coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise in the same manner that Simeon did unto the Lord, and spake of him, notice this, to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Can I I tell you how you know if you're connected to something meaningful concerning your relationship with God? You're sharing him with others. For all those that are looking for redemption, you're pointing them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we waiting meaningfully? Or are we just kind of using up our time? Are we just kind of spending it here, there, and everywhere? Are we so busy with other things that aren't going to matter for eternity that we're not connected to the things that do matter for eternity. I don't know about for you, but for me, this isn't a letdown on December 20 the 6th. It's not. It's not. It's not a letdown to move from Mary and the shepherds and Joseph and Caesar Augustus and the taxation and the angels to Simeon and to Anna. I think they're pretty special too. And I think there's a lot we can learn from their example from Scripture While we're waiting, while we're waiting, let's wait the right way. Let's eat while we wait. Let's do the will of God. Let's realize that he's present in our lives right now. And let's wait meaningfully as we represent him, the light of the world.